You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the BNH app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan White. Greetings and welcome to the 200th episode of the B&H Photography Podcast. It's also our fourth uh, B&H Photography Podcast Camera of the Year show. You know, we joke about it, but unlike previous year-end roundups in which we talk about how mirrorless cameras are taking over the industry, well, we're here. Uh, even Nikon and Canon are going with the inevitable flow. It seems to be mirrorless is here and it ain't going away. Uh, we're going to no doubt be seeing a few more new and improved DSLRs over the coming years, but the big R&D bucks are undoubtedly going into the mirrorless camera market. Along with cameras, we're also going to be talking about new photo accessories, and let's not forget about drones. Those flying cameras are coming on gangbusters. Joining us in our discussion today, we have Levy Tenenbaum, who's been a regular on our Gear Review podcast, and we're also being joined by Georgina Diaz, a first-timer on our show. Welcome! Thank Welcome. you. Uh, and Georgina works on the sales floor at the B&H Photography Super store and you are you deal with H, uh, HDSLRs? Yep, so all the video accessories for mirrorless and DSLR and sometimes point and shoot too. Okay, so you're perfect to have here on the show yeah. today. Welcome, Gimbles, welcome, Gimbles, welcome. Gimbles. <laughs> <laughs> and in the second half of the show, uh, we're going to be having a special one-on-one conversation with our very own John Harris, who apparently is the last person known to be shooting with DSLRs. So this is going to be a fabulous uh, uh, end of an era discussion. We'll, we'll have, have a surprise for you. Whenever we get <laughs> <laughs> no, he actually is toting around a little mirrorless camera these days. Uh, but anyway, oh, so let's get started how, now. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Not so muddy. <laughs> okay, let's start talking about cameras. We'll start talking with DSLRs and uh, go well, alphabetical. Why, why don't we start with mirrorless? Because that's, you know. Yeah, I but mean, we can get them out of the way, oh, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> Yeah. There's actually not that much, really. Um, we have the, the first big one out of the box uh, of this past year was the uh, the EOS, a uh, Canon EOS 1DX Mark II, uh, and that's 20.2 megapixel dual uh, Digic 6 Plus image processors, uh, 14 frames per second, uh, ISO 409,000s. You could photograph inside coal bins uh, and everything else. Uh, thoughts on that camera? How's it been selling? Um, I don't sell it actually that often, but for the people who are shooting like sports, they're going to be buying that one for sure. Mm-hmm. It's pretty exciting for that. Um, better autofocus, a little bit faster. Then it's got the uh, 4K video now. So it's pretty exciting. Now this came out earlier in the year and I'm seeing it has the 6 Plus processor, the Digic 6 Plus. And I think they're m- up to 8 now, right? Eight. Yeah. But this is a dual processor. But it's dual. So yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that that's going to make up the difference. Yeah. Need this so it's really fast. a Digix 12. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's super fast. It's still, it, it's, yeah. it's still super fast and it's still got the touchscreen thing, which they do where you can change your focus and all that um, is all is all still there. So what can we not do with a mirrorless camera that we can do with this camera? What What is this? What's the advantage of this camera over the best of the mirrorless right now? I believe it doubles as a murder weapon. <laughs> um, Besides that. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. And not that I'm encouraging anything on the podcast. But, so um, it's just self-defense. Yeah, I mean, he looked at me the wrong way. Um, the, the, the big thing is, and I think this is actually, I would love to toss this out to the crowd, um, but the, the big thing is that there's still always the the... Um, the feeling of an optical viewfinder and a really bright and big optical viewfinder. Alan, you and I have gone back and forth about this oh, yeah. many times about how they don't make optical viewfinders yeah, the way they used to. With, the newest EVFs are amazing. Yes, but I'm but I'm still just talking about like an optical viewfinder where yeah. there's something nice about having mm-hmm. just, you know, able to see the scene real and through a piece of glass. Um, but I do think that we're at, we might be at the last generation of these cameras. Like a D6 might be the last D6 style camera, a 1DX Mark II might be the last of these great Olympic st- photojournalistic cameras because, like you're saying, the mirrorless cameras are there. Right. Yeah, yeah. They well, caught up, you know, frames per second, focus speed, all those things that people used to complain about, which were true, not a big issue anymore. Well, we also have the lenses that are still more geared toward the, the DSLRs, although they can work on it's, the mirrorless. We I mean, realize that, but it's Yeah, still, but there's more and more will come to lenses. But yeah. right now, you could buy pretty much anything now for mirrorless. It, it, even optically, I don't think we're really restricted that much anymore. Right. Yeah. 
All right, so the Nikon D6, we should also mention, even though there's not a lot of specs out on it, it just got announced. That's so the announcement. Nikon is, you know, putting out their next flagship DSLR as well. Um, and then there's the Canon EOS 90D, which I guess falls in line right in the middle, when the fair to say, of, uh, of the DSLRs. Yeah, APS-C format, right. by the way. So, but yeah, 10 5. frames a second, and it's... Yeah, this is their, their 10D, the 20D, the 30, 40, 50, right now, now we're at the 90. Mm -hmm. And then the, the Rebel, Rebel SL3. Now you think about this: for four hundred ninety-nine dollars, you get a twenty-four megapixel sensor, you get a Digicate image processor, you get four K, you get up to ISO twenty-five thousand. It's like, <laughs> but you get four K at a crop. I yeah. know. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's something that's that Canon's been crop. doing. <laughs> yeah, a big crop. But but forgetting the crop, but, like, but look at what you're getting for five hundred dollars. And, and, and it's an SL3. It's like. The mirrorless that's not a mirrorless camera. Exactly. You know, super tiny ABS-E camera small. and yeah. really fun. I think that there's definitely a market for this camera. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. if they bring some of the colors to the U.S. Mm. You know, that would be really fun. And they haven't, I guess. These are only black available here. Yeah. yeah. The U.S. market likes likes black like cameras. Oh, right. the Asian market goes nuts for the color stuff. Yeah. I kind of wish they'd had but that I, a little bit more. Right. <laughs> and I, I think that's L3 is like the right camera for that because it could be a really fun and funky camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I, I know Pentax a few years ago had a thing where they had like 90 different colors available. You can custom order them. Right. So that's it for DSLRs. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> we have four cameras on the list. You think about that. You think about that. So uh, yeah, right. anyway, we're going to go over now to mirrorless. We'll start with the full-frame cameras. Um, and that, that's the big, if there is any one big piece of news this year, right, it would be that Panasonic came out with... Full frame mirrorless. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. and and the L mount alliance. Oh right, right. Yes, which is I think the bigger piece of news. I think we talked about that at the end of last year, though. No, yep. wasn't that that was it was, it was coming in? It was announced as them, but now they're actually coming out with lenses think, you can I buy think, them. I now. think the one right. I, I think the S came out last year. Does that make sense? Or at the end of last year, we did speak about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I do. I do recall talking about yeah. it. But yeah, that yeah. L mount alliance is great because you're seeing it now, not just on them, but like uh, obviously, and then yeah. you're also Sigma, seeing it yeah. on Sigma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's good. We had the the sweepstakes here where we gave away the DSS one, DCS one. I'm sorry, the Lumix, and uh, you know we got to play with it a while. It was pretty fun. And then they have the the S1R and the S1H. Uh, so any thoughts on those? Any? I would skip the S. Yeah. I mean, I, I even think Panasonic, not to quote them, but I think Panasonic is also skipping the S. Mm. <laughs> and and I would just I would look at the R. And if you're interested in video, the one H is yeah. pretty amazing. Mm. Honestly, I would actually, I don't know, the S I like a lot actually for like a hybrid between photo and video, mm -hmm. being focused on both. But yes, the S1H is the exciting camera. Being a Netflix approved 6K or 5.9K if you're doing 16.9, it's exciting. It's awesome. Yeah. How are people Netflix approaching approved? the camera? Yeah, I was just going to ask. Yeah, you yeah. didn't know that? No. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. It's like the only one like. on my floor that is. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. huh. Okay. So what does Netflix made. approved yeah. mean? So you can shoot with it, and they'll actually allow you to uh, submit the videos and the movies, whatever you're making, onto their platform. Yeah. Oh. So they like the, the networks okay. have like approved cameras that they'll right. use the footage right. to intercut with, and that the S1H is up there. Or what else would be up there? Do you know? I mean, is there a list? Or I mean, I mean we can like all, 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 all your classic. The, all, yeah. all, all, well, no, you, you can't assume that your Sony A7S is up there. None no. of them are. Which is oh. which is what's interesting. Okay. So your all your motion cameras are up there, like right. you know your Aries, your Reds, and right. you know the, the higher end. So right. yeah, the higher end Canons. But that that a mirrorless camera, which is like I mean, like officially still a a photo camera, made it up there is a right. big deal. Okay. And I'm not saying that Netflix doesn't use other right. film, but right. as a primary source if i'm not mistaken by the way i i, I think foveon cameras have been approved by wpix channel 11 here in new york city <laughs> 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 the vhs stamp <laughs> approval <laughs> john there are some days i don't know why you let him out <laughs> <laughs> well we also gave away the uh the g95 on our sweepstakes and that's uh i guess it's still a micro four thirds right but that was a pretty popular camera i think doing well i don't know um, it's doing okay. Yeah. You know, people who are still shooting with the Micro Four Thirds from Panasonic mm -hmm. still want the GH5 or the GH5S. Yeah. So um, it's, I think it makes a lot of sense for customers who are just getting into it but know, like, in a year they're going to be at the GH5 so they can mm -hmm. collect the lenses along the way. Right. And has the GH5 
uh, taken a hit because of the the, D- the DCS one H or S one? No, because the price point still keeps them in the GH five. But a lot of people really want the S one H. That's probably the camera I show the most right now, um, and people are really excited about it. But they're you know they want to see what lenses are coming and what the prices are going to be because the camera's already four thousand, so right. they can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's a production camera. It's big. It's heavy. You know, like that too. I, th- I think that's one thing with the whole DCS series. That took me a little bit by surprise that they made a fairly clunky camera. Like, it's got tons of features. It's really nice. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who love it, but it feels like early generation Sony where they just, they haven't really refined the ergonomics to a way where it's going to be really comfortable to shoot with. Oh, yeah. It's big. It's very big. And that's like the first comment that people get. They're like, oh, I didn't realize it was this big. And I was like, well... With all that, yeah. <laughs> with all that in there, it needs right. some space to breathe. Right. Yeah, especially the one H. The one H has has the fans that go on after prolonged shooting and stuff mm. like that. So, how are customers reacting? Are people coming in asking about it? They kicking tires, or are they approaching it like the chimpanzees in two thousand and one? You know, real slowly. <laughs> this oddball. Um, I think it's a little bit more slowly, but the people. So people who have started with video back when the original A seven S came out, you know, they've been waiting for the A seven S three for who knows how long. So I think some people are starting to become very impatient. So they're already used to switching systems. So they're definitely paying attention to S1H. I think people are probably less susceptible to avoiding switching systems these days. It used to be you were you're an icon or you're a canon. It was like that was it. It was the whole world. Now we got yeah. all these other companies and the fluidity, especially since you don't have to ditch all of your lenses. If exactly. you're going from one to the other, you could adapt pretty well. Yeah, it's, so, it, it's also a younger market, so you're not as invested, I think, into like you yeah. know, 20 years or 10 years with a system. Yeah. Like if you have a few lenses, you could always jump. A lot of people, I think, are also much more open to like flipping their gear. And, and renting, then, so renting lenses and, too, I think. That's also true. Yeah, the yeah. renting's a big issue. Yeah, big, yeah, yeah. big factor with it. So let's talk about Sony then. I heard you mentioned uh, briefly there, Georgina. So the A92 <laughs> was a big announcement whoop, this whoop. summer and everyone's pretty psyched <laughs> about that. I guess <laughs> that's fair to say it's successful and, and those that want that fast speed are pretty psyched, right? That That's Sony's Olympus camera. And um, Olympics camera. What did I just say? <laughs> Olympus camera. Olympus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it here first. I'm folks. reading. I'm reading the notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the A92 is Sony's Olympics camera, and um, you know when the A9 came out, it was also an Olympics camera, and it was a big deal at the time. The A92 had just taking all that stuff. Still, no one does what Sony does at 20 frames per second. You know, no blackout. That's be cool. Yeah. 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 We did an episode on that so people can check that out if they want to go back from the summertime. Just a, nice. dedicated to the, the A92. Uh, A7R4. So, yeah, A7R4, anything new to say? I mean, just another great camera. Great camera. Yeah. I mean, it's really exciting. Yeah. 60 yeah. megapixels, that great autofocus. For those of you who don't see, Georgina, Georgina's face has lit up like a it's light so bulb. Nice. She's got the biggest smile. It's really, really nice. <laughs> it's like nothing says good morning like opening up a 190 meg file to you, right? I <laughs> yeah, <understand>. exactly. <laughs> so I, th- I think that's really the one thing to point out over here is that, um, you know, I'm a megapixel junkie, which as you guys know, I've been here a couple times. Like I'm a megapixel junkie, but for those who are looking at it, like the A7 III might be your better choice, just because for most people that 24 megapixels is a much more usable file because mm-hmm. it's just it's just a more functional camera. It's like you know, for most people for everyday shooting, um, that 24 megapixels is. I mean, we, we've said it here a few times now. It's it's just, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's that's the entry level right there as far as. Great stuff. I mean, at 24 megapixels, you could do anything. Yeah. You really can. And, and yeah, you, you could do a lot with 24 megapixels. And honestly, for me, I recently upgraded from an A7R2 to a 3, and I was debating between a 3 and a 4. And I, I don't want to have to crack open those big files every oh, yeah. single time. Well, um, you shoot smaller. You shoot the, the compressed version of the ROM. No, yeah. no one shoots Sony compressed. <laughs> no, but I actually ended up going with a 3 because the, the 2 really satisfied a lot of my needs. Um, and the three was right there. Plus, if I really need the additional, I got the uh, the pixel. Yeah, the uh, pixel shift. So I'll, which I haven't even used yet. But I've been so happy with it. And again, opening up 120 meg files was enough for me. Yeah, yeah. So, so and you need you need powerful computers. The, the other really big shout out over here to the A7 IV is that, or the A7 R4 is that they've done some tweaks to their ergonomics, which on paper don't yeah. seem like a lot. 
but the actual feel of the camera now mm-hmm. is much better, and that that's a big deal. Mm. They're slowly getting bigger with each iteration. Right. <laughs> that, that's what happens. It, it's literally what happens. They start off small, and they say, oh, look, small's good, and then and they realize that people have hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened was the original designers actually started using the cameras. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then and I've, I've actually seen the same thing, and it was funny because when the SL1 was announced and I went to go try it out, I was like, wow, there's a big brick of a camera. And it was really painful to hold. But I was like, you know what? There's actually a there's I understand what they're going for over here as far as the grip goes, because I'd been shooting Sony already for a couple of years and my hand was always cramping mm-hmm. on the Sony. It was just too small. You're referring to the Leica? Yeah. 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 yeah same thing here. I, I, I recently spent uh, a couple of weeks with the SL2, and that I always approach it as a monster brick. And I realized, no, it's not. It's actually it makes sense, but I had to use it to get it. Looking yeah. at it, it's like that's a big slab. No. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the Leicas in a second, but yeah. let's, while we're on Sony, let's talk quickly about the A6600 and small cameras, you know, the A6600. Which the 6100, the RX7. The, right, right. The 66, anything, I mean, I'm reading about the, the S-Log2, the gamma curve. I don't know if that uh, made a big jump from the 6500 in any any way. I don't know if there's anything to add to that, but uh, obviously that's a, a pretty Did the 65 have S-Log? Um, I believe so, yeah. So they just tweaked the curve? I, I don't know I enough think about so. the 66. I, I don't think it had um, HLG, mm. and now they're adding that in. Because the SL3, I mean, the Sony A7 three uh, got that. So then they added that mm. to the 6600. But they made a lot of improvements to the autofocus from yeah. the 65 to the 66. And even from the A7 three to the 66. I think the 60. Six has a very similar autofocus system in terms of the eye tracking mm-hmm. as the A7R4. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes sense. They they usually put like all their premium stuff into that high level APS-C mm-hmm. and then you jump to the A7 III and then you know you're gonna take a hit with some of the tech. Mm-hmm. So back to Leica real quickly. You talked about the SL2, which you tried and you wrote about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the camera, yeah. I, I, I was a little bit apprehensive, but I, I liked it a lot more than I thought we I would. We're talking pennies, six thousand. So 6, yeah. 000. Oh, it's just not money. Just, <laughs> just I just nothing. Tra- no. Yeah. Just I'm, put it on the paper. No, I'll, give you, I'll give you six thousand pennies for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you just get another credit card. And the, like a, the Q2. Any experience? So folks? not enough, but on paper, the Q2 is SL2 with a fixed lens. Yeah, um, a fixed twenty-eight millimeter lens. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, which I think is really nice. I mean, Leica Leica does a nice camera. Um, for those of you who want the really? fashion accessory, it is. It's a good, it's a good. I use hey, the original. Hey, hey. the Leica Q2 is beautiful to use. It oh, is. I, I'm, no, I wasn't knocking the, the use. I was saying it's a good camera, and it also happens to be a, a fantastic a fashion accessory. I think it's a very good looking camera. Is is what I meant to to say at the end of that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, um, I do have a couple more comments yes. on the Leica, which Go is on. SL2 is the first camera to not just say it's got weather sealing, but actually tell you what rating of weather sealing it has, which is IP54, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. And then the other the other thing here is that if you look at the specs of the SL2, then you take a look at the S1R. They they seem pretty close, which which just tells you more about Leicas and Panasonic. They they have a very close relationship. They always yeah, ha- they sure. have for a long time. I mean, their point and shoots it's all Panasonic, so they've had a working relationship right. there forever. Right. So just it seems like the they they're very closely mirroring mm-hmm. each other on in this space. It's like Leica and Zenit, the Russian M. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which costs just as much as the Ger- the German version. Hey, the ME, the Leica ME. Any thoughts? Any? The affordable range finder. That's elusive. All right. No, no, it's an interesting thing. I could have gotten one last week and I blew it. Oh no! They came in and I got alerted and I looked at it and I paused too long. I could have had it. The ME, by the way, I don't even know if it'll be available anymore. The ME is essentially the last of their twenty-four megapixel M series digital cameras, and they wanted to just go out with a good bang because they're going well to all the new cameras would be forty-seven megapixel. Yeah. It seems. So they basically, they put a great paint job on, a couple of modifications, and they blew it out the door for thirty nine ninety five, which is a lot of money for a full-frame camera for what it does, but it's a Leica, it's handmade, it's brass upper, it's, it's a real deal camera that if you can get one, it's yeah. great. Yeah, and they, and they don't lose their value. So like if you do get one, you can, you, you can flip it. Yeah, yeah, same thing like that. It, 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 it's, it's a long-term, and plus it's just a... One of the things I'll say about Leica is that, especially their menus, if you've never handled a digital Leica, you have to do it because they make sense out of the menus. They simplify it so beautifully. I wish everybody used them as a model. 
I mean, it's like driving a four a four speed Volkswagen. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, it's the easiest four speed. You just get in drive. You just put on your Mickey Mouse ears and your white gloves with four fingers, and you just drive away. Yeehaw! Oh, sorry. <laughs> I want to see that picture. Of you. <laughs> How about the Sigma FP? Uh, that, this is Sigma's first. Uh, That's their full first frame, full frame mirrorless, real full frame. Not, have you tried it on the store? Yeah, it's super small. I didn't think hmm. it was going to be that small. Smallest I know full say, frame. Yeah, it is definitely the smallest full frame interchangeable for sure. But what else? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you kind of kind of keep adding accessories to it. It's like a modular system. Do you know so. how I describe that camera? It is the camera version of a Mac Mini. <laughs> you buy this li lovely little box that takes up no space on your desk. Okay, you could get as much horsepower as you want in it. It's a tiny box, but then you got to put on. The monitor and the keyboard and the, and before you know it, you got a full size computer <laughs> with more more wires on. But that's what it reminds me of. And I think the concept is is amazing on it. But again, once you start putting a lens on it and a little finder and the grip because you can't hold the darn thing, guess what? You got a Sony A7R. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. You know, I, I'm right. Well, the price is really nice, and it's part of the L mount series. So yeah, and I'm line, sure it's so, good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and and, I'm, and what's interesting is if you're into modular and customizing. I would imagine you could do all kinds of crazy things with this camera if you if you have an idea for something. Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm curious to see if Sigma finally, you know, is able to kind of get back into this camera game. Like they tried mm -hmm. it a few years ago. You and I, I think, both went out and shot on the Foveon, like the DPS. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And we thought yeah. that the color was really nice. And then, except if you shot red. Yeah, then it red, got red. Red was magenta and pink. There yeah. was no such thing as red. Yeah. Um, but we we thought the colors were really nice. They they did a good job, but like. Then the mistake at the time, because they tried to bring out, what was it, the Sigma DP? What, what, what was the name of that camera? Mm -hmm. They tried, right, DP, the, the DP? DP0, DP1, DP2. And, and, and they went for, like, Sigma mount, which mm -hmm. I always thought was, like, the strangest decision. Now that they're going to the L mount, I think there's going to be a lot more people who are going to, like, jump in, because there's a lot of lenses, and they don't have to get invested. Right. Just as I invested into all these Sigma mount lenses, they come out the L system. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Thanks. It's also one, one big shout-out to the Sigma FP is that it does external 12-bit cinema DNG mm -hmm. for all the video shooters out there. So, like, there's an actual proper RAW that is huge. So, like, no one else does that outside of, like, the pro video This world. is more geared towards videos, oh, what I'm sure. gathering. It's even got that giant heat sink on this. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little One beast. of the reasons they made it modular is so you can add all the pro cine right. stuff right. to it without it being, like, insane. Right. Right. Ergonomically speaking. And are people taking a look at it? or are Oh, video yeah. Guys people, coming in? yeah. People are definitely curious about it. I mean, one for the size and then all the video specs. Um, but not too many people are buying it right yet. They're still a little curious about yeah. it more. So The old Sigma. Alan, I think you need to do a review on this. <laughs> there you go. I would love to just to see, you know, I want to plug it right into my Mac Mini. <laughs> <laughs> I could use them as, as a little camera when I, you know. So we were talking about <laughs> Fuji already, but let's go back to the X-Pro3. Uh, Levy, you're pretty keen on it. Oh, God. I, yeah, so I've, I've only seen it, but I, I, I'm curious. Like, Georgina, are you able to change the – okay, so for those of you who don't know, the X-Pro3 is a rangefinder with mm -hmm. this really cool EVF system, which right. Georgina touched on. And what they did over here is they really – it's almost like they went Leica on this. They want you to really embrace this kind of like old-school – feeling of photography where you don't see your photos every time you're shooting, you're not chimping every time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you able to change the film simulation without opening up the screen? Mm. There is a custom button, and I think you can scroll through it that way, like they did before, because they've always had a custom button for their film simulations. So if you look through the electric viewfinder, you can see what it looks like, and then with the back one, it'll tell you what it is. Right. So that, that that, sense, that's what I yeah. thought. Okay. Yeah, because otherwise that would seem a little you know, redundant that you can't you know, change it without flipping over the screen. The the other funny thing over here is that, so I was talking about this earlier with with a couple of my, couple of the guys over here. And I was like, you know, I really like where they went with this camera. But then they were like, yeah, but the viewfinder is more functional than the flip out screen because the flip out screen doesn't even rotate. You can't turn it around. You can only see it at waist level, you know, in that kind of view. I actually, I really like it. I think they're catering to their customer who wants that kind of old school retro feel. I think they know the X-Pro shooter the most, like, because they're not, you know, using the articulating screen. They're not even using the LCD unless they're shooting at the hip, which would be the only reason why they would fold it out. Um, and I think that makes sense. And I think a lot of X-Pro shooters are really into it. I don't think it's going to necessarily attract a ton of people who don't already know about the camera system. But from the X-Pro shooters, a lot of them are jumping onto it and buying it. 
Yeah, well, I Todd, mean that. Todd's pretty psyched. I'll tell you that much. He's our in-house oh, yeah. Fuji. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so the yeah, other, yeah. Yeah. the other big shout out to Fuji is that they have some of the greatest lenses for yes. that series. Like their just, lenses just have stuff. always been very very good. I mean, really have been. I mean, they've been making Hasselblad lenses for how long now? Right. Oh. Since they broke away from Zeiss. I mean, it's good stuff. You were talking about the color and the X-T30, which I guess falls after the X-T10, X-T20, has that charcoal silver, which is really a good-looking camera. Mm-hmm. Right? They I, make I really a good-looking like camera. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a customer take an hour to decide which color. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> take your time. It's take cool. Take your time. I'll be over here. Yeah. <laughs> Anything particular about these cameras? I mean, I always wondered why people would go for them. The X-T30 is is catering to, to more entry-level, I want to say, or, or kind of entry-mid. Um, then you have the X-T3, and then you, then you jump up to the X-Pro. Um, yeah, they. I mean, they they they've got a camera to fit almost every price point. I think sometimes you work, you wonder if they have too many cameras. Mm-hmm. Like Sony used to be like blinding with the amount of cameras that yeah. they used to come out with. Well, then X A seven. Let's drop down. That's also new this year. The Fujifilm X A seven, which yeah. would be the the step down, I suppose, if you want to call it that. Yeah. price wise, anyway. So, like I said, one for every price point. There you go. Yeah, like seven ninety nine, mm-hmm. and then what's the X T thirty? Almost just under one k, or just about? yeah. It's like it. I think with a lens like the eighteen to fifty five, it's like. Just a little over a thousand, maybe twelve hundred. Right, and Not don't too much. and don't knock that eighteen to fifty five. That's it's a two eight to f four, like the best kit lens on the planet. Yeah, it's really really good. But uh, to speak more to like the XT thirty customer, I think a lot of customers when they look at the XT three and the XT thirty, unless it's about ergonomics, because a lot of them will just get the XT three because it's slightly bigger and it feels better in the hand. They'll get the XT thirty because it has that automatic switch. So if they're just learning photography. Instead of having to go to every different part of the exposure triangle to put it on auto, it's nice to just like in a panic mode it mm-hmm. put it in auto, uh, and they really like that. That actually, yeah, good That's call. Great point. Yeah, great point. Um, My biggest problem yeah. with Fuji to this day remains the color. It's gorgeous. I love the color <laughs> you get from Fuji, but it's like their Velvia film. It's the Velvia is Latin for psilocybin. Okay, you no know, seriously, it's like you're, you're looking at colors that are not real. It looks great, <laughs> but it's an interpretation yeah. Yeah. of color, and that bothers me. I, I I'd rather have neutral. You could always pump and play with color. Give me something that's neutral. Give me a good starting point. But I feel well, like the Fuji customer doesn't want to do any work in the post. I so have so many Fuji customers who are like, I don't know what Photoshop is. I don't know what Lightroom is. I just shoot JPEGs and call it. And then they go hashtag no filter, and you're like, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Simulation. Thanks. (laughs) Good one. Yeah, but again, it's just a personal thing, and 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 it's and the pictures are stunning. But I could always tell a Fuji picture; it's easy to identify. It's like it ain't real. It looks great. I always love the Velvia. No, well, Velvia was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. just don't don't use a polarizing filter and push it two stops. So last year, the the Nikon (laughs) Nikon, you know Canon came out with their their full frame mirrorless and the Nikon Z6 and Z7 this year. They have the Z50, which I guess is more of an entry-level version. Is yeah, that it's, it's, it's their DX version, APS-C. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it just came out. We just got it on display. I was playing with it yesterday. It feels really good in the hands. Like, mm-hmm. the ergonomics is on par. Mm-hmm. But I was reading online that the low light isn't so great in yeah. comparison. Yeah, I was reading the same thing. And what, what's interesting is, so we're, we're mentioning the Z6 and the Z7. Those both also feel great in the hand. They they learned all the mistakes that Sony made. And we were talking about this early, uh, before about how just the grip size on mirrorless, like it really is. They got like rid this. of the, the sharp edges, which Sony rid- still doesn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> they got rid of the sharp edges and they made it the right size. Right. So yeah. even though it was a slightly bigger camera, like you looked at it, you're like, wait, isn't mirrorless supposed to be super tiny? It's like, no, like to have the proper size grip for your hand and I'm sitting here making motions with my hand in case anyone wants to know. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought you were going to punch Alan, but it's all right. <laughs> that, that comes after the show. Um, and and it feels really good in the hand. The the big downside over here um, for the ZX50, and it's not, it's not like a, or sorry, the Z50, it's not like a huge downside. It's just because it's so early on. Like what other, other lenses are going to come out for it? The current kit lenses are kind of like cheapy and they yeah. feel very kit. Um, what's going to be next? That's that's the big question. I think that's the big question for the overall Nikon mirrorless market. Right. All right. Fair enough. Let's jump over to Canon then and their mirrorless. Uh, did we talk about the RP already? I don't think we did. That's their full frame. Did we talk about year? it for a second? No, we haven't talked about the okay, RP. So let's talk about it because what what's the deal? I mean, cheapest <laughs> full frame camera. Yeah. All right, there you pretty go. much. Okay. With an articulating screen for yeah. your vlogging needs. 
Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. So it's funny. We, we sell a couple of kits for this, and I want to check this out here. So they sell one with an EF adapter in the 24 to 105 STM. Why would you do that? <laughs> I have no idea. Right. Um, I would assume uh, they maybe have a DSLR as well. So like this is their like gateway into mm. it. So if they already have like a 6D or a 5D, Maybe they just want to be able to use the lenses they already have. I don't know why they're giving the 24. Right. That's what I'm so surprised about because if you got the 60 or the 5D, most you likely you have, have it with the 24 lens. to 105, right? Yeah. It's like, mm. yeah. Right. I'm like shrug on that. The M6 Mark II, uh, 32.5 megapixel. I, I don't know where they're going with this. I mean, I, I believe it's big in Asia. The U.S. market, I really don't understand it because it it's not going to adapt to the new RF mount. Yeah. And you and, and talking about accessories and modular, like you don't get a viewfinder with this. So there goes your hot shoe as soon as you want a viewfinder. And it's like uh, it's the same same sensor as the ninety D, looks like, no? And Digicate, both uh thirty two point five. They should yeah. be similar. Yeah, yeah. Um all right. M two hundred going down the list. Anything interesting? Affordable for the customer who wants interchangeable lenses, essentially, and a small camera. Okay, let's jump over to Olympus, uh, the OMD E, the OMD EM1X that looks like a giant DSLR, <laughs> um, but is a mirrorless micro four thirds, right? Yep. All right. Anything? Anybody? I'm curious about the future of micro four thirds. Is yeah. really my big. They're hunkering down. Yeah. And you know, on the same on that same line, you know, you look at all of these cameras that we have here today, and. Um, What's interesting is that in each of the categories, you can have the full frame version and the smaller sensor version and the physical size of the cameras don't vary that much. We have full frame cameras that are a lot smaller than some of the point and shoots with like one, two, third inch sensors. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes look at it and I go, well, if you're thinking about size and weight, why are you getting a small sensor? Just Go for the full size sensor already. It's kind of a weird thing. So I mean, opti- obviously, your lenses. Are- right. I was, I was going to say, I'm going to jump in here on the other side and say, like, I understand it. I just don't know what the future is because you do get a much smaller lens to much longer reach. True. When when you go in the microphone. You can get a 24 to 8,000 millimeter lens that will fit yeah. in your pocket. I exactly. understand that. But yes. the, the problem there is that you, you do, unless you're shooting in clear, you know, nice, well-lit scenes, you, there's a exactly. lot of challenges. Yeah, oh, yeah, the low light with the micro four-thirds is not good. Yeah. But with the with that camera, they added a lot of weird but cool features, like the live ND. Yeah, filters. that was so cool. I thought that was yeah, such an interesting. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. weird but awesome. And then their tracking autofocus is supposed to have gotten so much better. Right, which, which is something that they suffered from because they, they were making some really fast cameras you know, and that they were really trying to tout as like these pro level cameras. And yeah. That, they couldn't keep up with the focus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's also the OMD EM5 III, which I guess continues along tradition of. I uh, love their M5s, names. Yeah. yeah. They have the best their naming names. system oh. in the world. So you, you did a video review of the Allen of the M5 II yeah. several years ago. Yeah, I did. And this looks pretty affordable and pretty nice. There, it was a nice camera, actually. I mean, I enjoyed using it. But again, I look at it and I go, well, I know how this thing's filling my hands right now. I know the size of the lenses. Why don't I just get a full frame camera already? <laughs> That's my. I keep coming back to that. I'm looking. I use them and everything, and the pictures are great. Especially affordability wise, like yeah. full frame has come down so much. I mean, the, we we just spoke about the the EOS RP that is coming in at like okay, it's nine ninety nine, but it's under a thousand dollars for a full frame camera. Like, it's, it's insane. Yeah. yeah, and even lenses, you can buy incredible lenses full frame. And they're brilliant. They're for a few hundred bucks now. Yeah, especially now that you can adapt. You can really uh-huh. go and use any of Canon's lenses. Well, I was actually going to go the other way. System. Yeah, I was actually going to go the other way. Even without adapting, all the other systems have now finally, well, the big system, Sony's finally filled out its its range. Yeah, which has and been then really now big. with Tamron making lenses for them too, it's Amazing. like. Amazing. I'm actually so testing the 24 and 35, the little nice. two eights. Oh, I want to hear what you And you let go, they practically float away. But they're <laughs> very, no, they're, they're, they're lightweight, they're, they're a good size. They're very sharp. Yeah, oh. they're noisy for video. I'll tell you right now, the focusing is noisy on them. Mm. Interesting. Uh, but I don't know. Very. I'm for like three hundred and forty nine dollars. These are amazing lenses. That that noise for video has been a slap on Tamron for for a little bit. Just their their autofocus just is not as quiet as you want it to be. Yeah. 
Well, I get around. I just talk loud while I'm doing it. When I'm right. talking, well, you I talk find loud if I talk loud you anyway, it just wipes. It just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Olympus Pen EPL10 is a. Is anybody buying that anymore? I like those pen cameras, but the, yeah, they're the great. The people who want a fashion accessory. Uh, oh. Oh. Hey, you know what? Hey. Okay. The pet, no, it does really well. They're like, ooh, but this is a cute camera. And I'm yeah. like, but this one does everything better. Right. But they're like, but that's nice. And the lenses by Olympus are nice and affordable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the yeah, Olympus has always had made good glass. They always have. So we just finished up pretty much the new mirrorless for this year, except for the medium format, which we'll get to. Any thoughts on a mirrorless before we head off to some other territory? Yeah, I have, I have one quick shout out, which is I was, I was looking at prices before I came up here, and all the, all the latest cameras are really nice, as you've heard. You know, we've had a lot of thoughts on them, but I think the A7R2, for those of you who are, you know, kind of looking to, you know, be a little bit more economic and save the bank, A7R2 with the 28 to 70, I think is coming out for just under 1500 And I use that actually, it's funny, I use that, I do a lot of um, stuff for B&H, and I use that as my daily shooter for B&H. And I'm not shouting it out because I own it. I was just looking at the prices and it's like, it. if you want to get started in full frame and you want to go the Sony route, but you can't afford the 7.3 or the A7R4, like it's a really good spot to start. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Shout out to 2018. Boom. 2018? 2018? No, 20, 2018. 2017, I think. 17, okay. Yeah. All Uh So let's jump over quickly to medium format, right? We have uh, the Fuji. The Fuji? Which is, I guess, the biggest news in that sense. Um, it's the GFX 100. Yes, what it is. And I know we have a, Corey has it uh, on our team. We're going to be doing a, a portrait series with that and giving that a test run. So that'll be fun. And then there's the Hasselblad X1D 250C. I mean, great camera. I mean, yeah. Just, I mean, that's we're we are using that House of Blood for a, a portrait series now, and it's just awesome. The the new one, the two, yeah, has the autofocus. It seems okay, but we're not really using it in a fast setting. It's all right. like, in studio portraiture. So, so know. my I, and my experience with the first one was that it was a bit slow, and then they released an update and got much faster. And okay. I'm curious how how it is on the on the two. But I can talk about the GFX 100. Yeah, please. Which is really cool. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the GFX 100 is awesome. We use it a lot in the store, and so many customers are wanting it. It was out of stock for a while, but it's in stock, I think, now. So, yeah, that one's probably on everyone's Christmas and it's, list. And it's, it's, got, it's got a great body. I mean, you're, you're talking like 1DX-style body with, you mm -hmm. know, the, the vertical grip built in. Um, but a couple cool shout-outs to this. IBIS, which is in-body stabilization in a medium-format 100-megapixel camera, like, Hello. <laughs> you know, if anyone wants to get me something for Hanukkah, like I will totally take that. Okay. And then operators the, are standing by. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the other half of that, which is really interesting, is that there's a lot of semi speculation that it's a, a, the same sensor type as the A7R4, just larger cut and larger chip, like mm -hmm. similar pixel pitch, similar things over here. The shout out over here to Fuji is that they've always done something interesting with color. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, whether or not they're using a different color array or they're interpreting color differently or adding their own secret sauce, whatever it is, their cameras, no matter whose technology they've been using, and they've been using a few other people's technology because they're not that big on the manufacturing side, they they do really cool stuff with with color and, you know, a lot of real Fuji color lovers out there. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people are getting the camera that do architecture. We have a few of them trying to uh, adapt the tilt shift lenses onto it, um, just get that high resolution with a good dynamic range. Um, all around, everyone's really excited about it. It's probably the second camera that I show the most at the counter. Yeah, what's the first? Um, the A7 III still. <laughs> wow. Hey, you know what? Yeah, Great camera. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And I, they have the removable uh, EVF, I guess, on the on the GFX 100, and it's kind of a modular system. Is that true? Kind of. Um, it's removable, so you can have the uh, tilting one, just like with the original okay. 50. Mm -hmm. right. I love that tilting one. It's so great. Very, very old school feel. Yeah. Yep, yep. Well, let's jump in from the big cameras to the smaller ones, point and shoot. Well, Sony Cybershot, the DSC RX 107, uh, another in a long line of... Sony cameras. Are they still selling all the other RX100s in the store? We have just about all of them in stock, I think. I think so, except for like, yeah. I think Model 2 we don't have anymore. <laughs> but you can buy the original for like $300 It's or one something. of the most confusing things. I don't know why we still have them all. 
I've been here five years. Every single camera is still yeah. here. I know. <laughs> they, it, it's yeah, it's great. And people are buying all of them. But those are they're phenomenal little cameras, and they started the one inch sensor thing. Oh, right, yeah, they for sure. totally did. And everyone, like, I mean, you, on on the list over here is the GS G seven X Mark II. Like, we only have that Came because of be, because of the Sony RX one hundred series G five X Mark II, also from Canon. Like, the, they're great cameras, also. And I think Sony really. <laughs> It's funny. I think Sony in the past 10 years probably pushed the market the most. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, let's just clarify that you're saying that because of the sensor or because of just the style of the one-inch I'm, uh, I'm saying high the, the point-and-shoot. Yeah, the high-end high point-and-shoot. Because um, yeah. Canon had the G6 back in the day, which was supposed to be the storage of high-end point-and-shoot. And then mm -hmm. they had like an APS-C camera at some point. But they never really like perfected like the sweet spot, which is I think is this one-inch sensor mm -hmm. with a really nice lens peered up. But I'm also talking about mirrorless. Like, I mean, they, they seem to have pushed both areas of technology. So they got yeah. both the point-and-shoot market and the mirrorless market to move. Market, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. added credibility to that whole Well, I played system. with the G5X Mark II, and, you know, I, I enjoyed it, you know. And I was always a G shooter back in the day, went away from it and enjoyed getting back to it for a bit, so that was fun. Um, Nikon has the Coolpix B600, and which I guess is a bridge camera, long lens. Is that true? Yep. Uh, okay. People still buying those? I try to push them towards the one-inch sensor, honestly. Mm. Okay. I don't – because with these ones, they're so hard to stabilize yeah. when you're at that yes. long lens. Right. Oh, you can't And handle, most of them yeah. don't want a tripod, so you might as well get one, A, that has a viewfinder, so you have three points of contact, and the one-inch sensor, you get the better low light at least too. So it's, it's good because of the price point, and there's definitely customers who will buy it. But if you can, I would definitely go for a one-inch sensor. Yeah, I'm going to second Georgina on that. Like, it, it's very tempting because when you first see how much it zooms, you're like, oh, my God, it's amazing. It zooms like I could see a penny like a mile away. And then you come home with your images, and you're like, nothing's yeah. sharp. Nothing's quite sharp, yep, and it's and like, not real, sh yeah. A lot of people who are buying these cameras, they're buying them for, like, safaris or their kids' sports, and it's like, these are not things that are going to happen no. again. Speaking <laughs> of which, you have the A1000, which has an 840-millimeter equivalent lens, smaller body, but probably the same problems. Uh, Panasonic put out the FZ1000, yeah, also the Mark a bridge II. camera. Mark II, okay. And then there's the Panasonic Lumix ZS80, also a long lens on a small body, kind of the same idea, I imagine. Uh, and they have their place, by the way. I mean, they're yeah. they're. You, I, I've sure. had some good pictures from those things, but they do require a lot of right. discipline. You can't yeah, just use them easily. Sure. Yeah. And then let's jump to uh, what we like to talk about a lot here: the tough cameras. The yeah. Water, the, the waterproof toughs and Olympus the TG6, which is probably the. The best of the best in, in those series. That one always uh, has been, I think. That they, whole, and, and I think it's the only one that shoots raw, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And they're so underrated. Like, yeah. I mean, the, these cameras, it's like it's funny because we, we were just talking about the point-and-shoot market, that there's a high-end market, mm -hmm. then there's the bridge camera market, and then there's the and then so, there's the um, tough market. Like, the entry-level point-and-shoot market, some manufacturers are still making cameras. Everyone has a cell phone. That's your entry-level point-and-shoot. Right. Yeah, basically, these the real cheap ones are just cell phones without the phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you have a better and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and you have a better lens. screen with on the your lens. phone. It can move. Yeah, <laughs> but the the TG cameras, like these tough cameras, are way better than your cell phone as far as like you're, oh. you're willing to yeah. risk them. Yeah, and they're they're so great. Like families with kids. That's um, what I schools. always do. if you have kids. I use it for street photography. Yeah. I, I just did an article this year. Really? On it. Yeah. And yeah. I just I mean because I don't you know you can you can beat it up and who cares? You could literally yeah. just toss it in your bag and you know, but for if you have kids, forget about it. You could. The little ones can teeth on the darn thing. <laughs> you wash them off and use them again. Olympus, <laughs> a camera your kids can teeth on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, and you know what? Nikon it, makes good ones. They didn't put one out this year. Right. Fujifilm put out the fine the FinePix XP 140C, which is at a great price point. And Rico continues to make their bow tie. Yeah, I love that thing. <laughs> Multicolored bow. It looks like yeah. the kind of thing you'd wear like on Halloween or Purim is a bow tie, one of those things. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. And there's one thing that we that never gets mentioned, but uh, I always write about it when we talk about tough cameras, is the G900. Rico, it's yeah. An, it's, an, it's an updated version of uh, a camera that is waterproof and crush-proof, but it also This has, one's also Chernobyl-proof. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, what chemicals are we coming across? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, uh, for, you know, people that, for police and uh, insurance, and they, because they, they mark everything in a way that cannot be removed. You know? Right. So, 
So it's evidence. And it's, and again, chemical resistant exterior, which mm -hmm. is fascinating. Yeah. Which means if you travel New Jersey Transit, you could use it daily. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> so sure. So it's, it's safe for New Jersey Transit <laughs> traveling. Okay. And I love sticking Sony to that organization. RX Zero, Mark, Mark II, two. that little camera. Yeah. And don't know much about it. it, it, it well, it's not a point and shoot. Yeah. It's definitely not. It's a video camera. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, I know more about the RX Zero. So, Georgina. Essentially, it's just like a much better version of a uh, GoPro. Like anyone who's doing the GoPro but wants to be able to stream and stuff like that, they get this one. They want something super small and compact, but you still get really high quality. Right. And that's it's got a like one super inch slow motion, right? Yeah, one inch one sensor. sensor. And then I believe it also has super slow motion, which is like one of the big oh, things yeah. with yeah. it. Oh, that's great. Up to a thousand frames per second. All right. So before we jump over to lenses and, and some accessories quickly, uh, film cameras. Alan, uh, anything on the Leicas or? Yeah, well, Leica still makes the MP, which mm -hmm. is, the, the, I think, the last film camera that they make. I own two of them. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, Nikon has the F6, which is supposed to be the best film camera ever made as far as. Th legendary. Th legendary, yeah. I mean, basically, they you can't do anything else with film cameras that this camera will, you know, it, it is, it's the epitome of 35, it. 35, anyway. The 35 millimeter yeah, yeah. film. Yeah. Then you have the Linhoff Technorama 617 for a, a medium format. You could take four pictures on a roll of 120 film with a six by 17. It's like mm -hmm. shooting cropped eight by 10. Oh, okay. It's wide field. It's really, they're lovely. Uh, I, I owned a Fuji 617 twice, <laughs> same <laughs> format. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun for landscaping and a lot of other stuff that you can do. It's also good if you hold them vertically, you could photo with basketball players with. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You don't have all that waste oh, yeah. on the sides. You know, it's like. Sports it's, Illustration. It, yeah. Buy next. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I know somebody also did a whole thing on buildings, skyscrapers. Oh. Mm. And he made, he, he basically photographed buildings. He tried to get up on other buildings midway. So he, and it was a fat and a long skin book it was fascinating i think it was called vertical new york if i'm not mistaken all right uh the wista field 45 dx <coughs> field camera rosewood it's a beautiful thing yeah uh, don't know much else about it special order i don't think they have them in the store do they? yeah no yeah yeah how about instax anything says we have huge sales there and yeah. they're super popular yeah they're great yeah it came out with black and white film for the square format recently Oh, because uh, they had black and white format for the for the, the um the credit card size one, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So people um, are excited about that. Yeah, they're they're on sale. If you go in the store now, they have a whole setup for it, special for a holiday. Like yeah. I mean, the towers and towers. I feel like I'm in a big box store. It's a photographic ways. version of crack. It really, really is. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it, it's like, they're so fun. They're, but they're like a dollar a shot. Oh, every time you push oh, yeah. the button, it's kuching. I know. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, absolutely. I know. <laughs> but they're so fun. Right? I know. And so, they're cute. Well, they're great fashion accessories. Let's wrap up that, film. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, fashion is totally. Well, my daughter has two of them, so I'm just, I'm just gonna no, say um, when when you do the 2019, you know, and you do the title for it, right. 2019 cameras as fashion accessories. Like there that's, you go. that's gonna be the theme. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh no! That subject, yeah. Um, <laughs> You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> um, so before we jump onto lenses, and, and we'll ask you guys to give a few shout outs. There's tons of lenses. We won't go through all of them. Maybe just ask you guys for a couple of them. But before we do that, do you want to throw out one camera that is your favorite from this year? Either of you, or you just don't want to even go down that road? Um, I'm happy to. I, I really like the A7R4 just as far as like if I were going to buy a camera, I'd get the A7R4. And then, I mean, me and format's always tempting. But I, I think the other one, I'm, I'm torn between the X-Pro3 and the FP because I think I'd just go to the FP just to like, like what is it? Yeah. Uh, for me, if I was to buy one and one that's awesome, it would be the RX uh, 107. We didn't mention it has a mic now. Oh, Mike okay. input. All right. It's awesome. Go. Okay, good, 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 good for mentioning that. All righty. So lenses. Uh, we talked about Fujifilm and, and, and they're good lenses and they have the GF, a new, you know, a 50 millimeter for the medium format and that, that XF16 the 80 millimeter f4 r ois wr which i think is very popular for i just i just used it yeah. yesterday yeah. for the cover of magazine that we're shooting mm -hmm. for for bnh mm -hmm. and it's i mean great lens yeah uh sigma the 2470 f2.8 which i have i use on my nikon they came out with one for e-mount right that's what that's for they did um tamara put out a bunch of new lenses all pretty good right alan you're testing i'm testing the, the 24 and 35 now i'm really impressed there's a 20 millimeter 2.8 coming out in January. What's interesting about these, aside from the fact that they're really, really small and light, they all go down to half life size, 
which is very cool for all those uh, macro style shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's just one of they photo they they zoom down to like focusing to like three four inches. That's that's nuts. Okay. What, what's really nice about them is that they're all, they're they're like a trio. So like they all have a sixty seven millimeter thread. Yes. So you buy one filter that yeah, you go buy across. one variable ND and not have yep. to worry about it. And yep. three hundred and forty nine a pop right now, and that's like it's and, and again free. They're no, they are. <laughs> the, I, I'm impressed. Way. A little bit of vignetting wide open, but the the, the res- resolution on them is phenomenal. So Nikon put out a whole bunch of new lenses for the Z mount, and they're getting good reviews too. Okay, so right. so the t- the top two that we have over here, the sixteen to fifty and the fifty to two fifty, are lenses that we mentioned in the camera roundup. Mm-hmm. They're they're very kit. Mm-hmm. They're they're very kit. They're DX lenses, and I don't know they're just plastic. Yeah, no one's yeah. excited necessarily to go out and buy it, but it comes with uh, the camera. So right, yeah, the hey. one that everyone's <coughs> excited to see it's is the, the yeah yeah is it out yet? Uh, I don't think it's sort of. <laughs> it's on display. Oh, okay. It's on display. All right. If you can find it. All right, this is the Nikkor Z fifty eight millimeter f. Sorry, uh, the Z fifty eight millimeter f zero point nine five s knocked. Fully manual focus <laughs> and huge and ginormous and <laughs> oh, heavy. Okay. Yeah. Which, if I'm not mistaken, allows in twice as much light as the human eye. Something I think our like eyes that. are about f one four, and it's about two stops faster, so it's pretty sick. Something like that. I mean, great. They're really touting it for astral photography. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, so, folks, this lens is so big that it's got a built-in tripod mount, like oh, a quarter wow. 20 at the bottom. And it's a 50-millimeter lens. 50-millimeter lens. <laughs> 58, sorry, yeah. They, <laughs> so they, they have another 58-millimeter, which came out a few years ago, which was also really popular for mm-hmm. astral mm-hmm. photography there because it's all coma-corrected. Yeah. So there's two other Nikon, Nikon Z, the 24 F1.8 and 85 F1.8. Uh, I'm assuming they're good lenses. Yeah, they're know. great. The yeah. 85 is very sharp, and they're both, like, light. Yeah. So they make sense on a mirrorless body. I really, really like them. Did, did Nikon drop uh, 85.1.2 this year? I don't think so. Or does Canon drop the 85.1.2 version too? I think that. Yeah, I think okay. Canon came out with a new okay. one. Sorry, right. you can no cut that. No worries. Um, jumping over to Panasonic quickly, uh, anything to say? They have uh, a Sumalux 25mm f4, uh, 2470 f2.8, uh, a Vario Sumalux 10 to 25mm f1.7. And uh, fourteen to one forty f three five to five six. Right. So the DG, the DG, and the G Vario, yeah. are all um, micro four thirds, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the S, the Lumix S Pro twenty four seven two eight is is your one that's going to go on your S or your R or your H. Right. Your new full frames. Uh, Pentax the DA ten to seventeen f three fish eye zoom uh, fish eye zoom. Okay. All right. Uh, Sigma fourteen to twenty four f two eight. I used that one. Uh-huh. That was a nice line. A little bit of distortion. That's the only thing I didn't like about it. Is that at fourteen millimeter, it was it was obvious distortion. It was a lot of uh, uh, barreling going on in that thing. Mm-hmm. So I just used that to my advantage and get as close to someone's nose as possible. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's go. it. I love that. Uh, Sigma thirty five f one two. And the 45 F2.8 Contemporary. Well, the F1.2 is an art series, and then the 2.8 is the F... The 45 2.8 is the Contemporary series. And I, I actually did a review on the 45, and that was, a, that was also a nice lens. I like that. Yeah, so the big, the big difference there is going to be your cost is going to be a little bit different. Your housing is going to be a drop different. Some of your, some yeah. your corrections are going to be different. The, the one thing I want to talk about with, with Sigma is I, they, they're really going after the Sony full frames now. They, they're, they're putting out a lot of lenses there. Oh, Yeah. Like yeah. the, the new 24 to 70, 28, I believe they mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, let's jump to Sony then while we're here. Uh, Sony E16 to 55, F28, that's a G lens. Finally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally, because. Uh, none of the. Um APS-C have like a uh, fast lens that's a zoom. Gotcha. So finally, gotcha. uh, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of customers who stick to the A6000 mount. They have no plans on going full frame. So. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I'll look into yeah. it. Uh, they had the, they had the sixteen to fifty, which was a power zoom. Now mm-hmm. they have like a proper lens. That's right. Yeah. Uh, FE thirty five millimeter f one eight. I'm sure that's a great camera. Or lens. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seventy, and these are all E mount here going forward. Uh, seventy to three hundred fifty millimeter f four to f six point three. Cost effective zoom. Mm, right. It was very much asked for. And yeah. Georgine, do you have a lot of customers for this? Yeah, a lot of like the customers who are more all around or getting it to shoot their family stuff like that. That's going to come in handy for sure. How, how does the lens feel itself? I'm I'm curious. Um, it's not bad. It's not really heavy. Actually, it's not bad at all. Okay. 
the 600 millimeter F4. Woot, woot. Yeah, everybody's talked about that. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. And the it looks especially good on the Sigma FP, by the way. It's a killer, <laughs> killer combination. Well, the, 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 actually, the, the big, the big, sh- <laughs> the, uses a rear lens cap. <laughs> the big, this is the first long lens specifically for the E-mount, right? It, first yeah. long lens specifically yeah. for E-mount. It's coming out for Olympics year. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, it's yeah. Gonna, it's very exciting stuff. Yeah. 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 And the 200 to 600 FE. F five six six three is also people are very excited about that. So. Yeah, but that but that's a G lens, it's not a GM. Right. Um, so not your fixed aperture, not your master. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. What what does it cost? This one? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. I can take the other thing I'm a little concerned about. If you're shooting at six hundred millimeter, even wide open under iffy light, I'm just wondering how it'll perform. Because now you're getting towards the point where it's it's eh, gonna be dark. Yeah. You know, six three. It's but I think that's like so. A lot of people who do that, like the A nine. Um, they're also shooting birds, so yeah. they're going to have light, and now they finally have a long lens. True. Yeah. Oh, I don't sell. I'm sure of that. It's a $2,000 lens. That's what I have. Okay. I mean, which, which which is pretty much where those lenses are priced at, those 200 mm-hmm. to 600s or those 150, 600s, 200 yeah. to 500. That's, yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, quickly, Tokina Firin 100 millimeter F2.8 macro. I haven't used that one, but I've used a three other Firin lenses, and they're all very, very nice they, lenses. Yeah, the Firins are fantastic. They're very good. Yeah, that yeah. Tokina's doing a good job on those. Zeiss Otis 100 millimeter F4. F4. One point four. This is, this is an Allen one. I know it's very large. I know it's a tremendously expensive. But um, what could you say about a lens that's named after an elevator company? I mean, it's got to be good. <laughs> um, I, I, I've actually not used any of the Yotus lenses, but my understanding is that like they don't get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know if anybody's actually used one to say that's true. Oh, I've shot, I've shot with one. <laughs> no, I, thought, I thought you did a review. None better. They're very good lenses. They're, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's 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 prime. People rent them. Yeah. they're very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they they come. They're almost three or four thousand. Maybe yeah, they're five thousand. They're, they're up there. They're, yeah. they're big. They're heavy, and they're manual focus. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's most of my customers when they like the newer ones. They don't realize that a lot of Zeiss's lenses. Our manual focus. Right. That's a little bit of a shock. Right. Yeah, right. but they're they are gorgeous, and if you're willing to take your time and you know learn how to shoot manual, like there's some people who can shoot manual very fast. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> now the Batiste, that's the yeah, that's the autofocus version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for the email. Yeah, yeah. Batis. Batis, sorry. Batis. But those, um, but those are gonna be autofocus, but they're not gonna be as perfectly right. optically. Right. No, no. The yeah. uh, the, the series are like a whole level of their own. Two quick oddball things: the Canlin. 50 millimeter f1.1. I took. I couldn't find it. I had okay. it in my list. Yeah, just scratch that one. Right. I don't know. I, I went to look for it. And the Venus Lawa 17 millimeter f1.8. Alan, anything? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, anything that they make is bizarre. So it's all. It's got to be great. I mean, it's got to be, be fun to use with them. They, right. they 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 make some strange lenses. They really do. Yeah, they have that 15 millimeter like long ones. It looks like yeah. an insect. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sam Yang and Rokinon have put out a few lenses, of course, uh, for Sony. And I see a Z mount there. So take a look at those. Those are always good options, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you think about price. Uh, any lenses that you two want to specifically mention as we kind of roll through lenses quickly? Yeah, I okay. So big ones. I really want to get my hands on the Noct just mm-hmm. just because. I, I mean, if you guys don't know already, I'm totally a junkie for all the really cool and fun stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I really want to try out the 600 millimeter f4 from Sony yeah. because that's a really huge step in into this sports and and everything else that comes with it market and for them to drop a lens like this, Ryan time for Olympics with an A92. Like, get me the two of those. I want to try them out. They're a little bit more, I guess, vanilla-y as in they're not so out there, but I really want to try them out and just see where they perform. For me, I really like the Fuji 50. It's so small. Mm -hmm. Makes your R really, you know, walkable almost. Mm -hmm. Carry around. Um, And then I really like the uh, Sony 16 and 55, like I said before. Pretty Great. excited about that. Great. And your Sony APS-C and full frame? No, I yeah. actually just got rid of my APS-C uh, this month. So all what, full do you, frame. What, do you, what do you have now? A7 III. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay. So we're By the way, a nice yeah. lens for that is the 90 millimeter Sony, the 2.8 macro. Yeah, the macro. That's on the list. That is a very, very, very yeah. nice lens. Also, if you get that 600 f4 and you have it on a Sony, it's clear zoom function and you'll be able to have a 1200 millimeter f4 lens bonkers bonkers (laughs) i want to i want to make a quick mention you you just mentioned the macro lens and this is something which i remember i 
whenever I talk to people about this, I, I make, make sure to mention it. Just because a lens says macro in front of the name doesn't mean you have to shoot it for macro. Mm-hmm. And so these 90s, the 105s, the 100s, they make great portrait lenses. Yeah. 100%, yeah. So like with with a qualification, okay, and, and that and there's, there is a slight difference is that a true macro has a flat field, which sometimes yes. will not necessarily work with a portrait at wide aperture. Yeah. Okay. Also, they tend to be sharper than most lenses, and especially the closer you are, the sharp they're, they're optimized for close focusing. And if you're using it for portrait, you probably should diffuse a little bit because <laughs> if you're photographing brake pads and, and you know industrial stuff, it's great, but. Nose hairs, yeah. So, so, so the flat field is something for for people to to notice. And then, Alan, cover your ears when I talk about Photoshop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quickly, no, if there's anything, we're not going to go over stuff. But if there's anything you guys wanted to mention about a lighting system, uh, a bag, action cams, firmware, monitors, drones, tripods, anything like that that just stood out this year, go for it. And if not, we'll wrap it up. And, and call well, everyone's waiting for the new Peak Design tripod. Okay. Oh, yes, I've, it's out. It is not on display yet. Okay. Announced, though. And Announced. I, I want it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm, everyone actually, yeah. everyone wants it. Yeah. Okay. Because? It's so small, and it's still pretty stable. Okay. Um, And it packs up really, really small, yeah. Packs up really small, Um, has a really nice ball head, has a um, adapter for your iPhone if you ever want to use it. But, oh, I mean, that's, that's more gimmicky, but, like, but it, it's really tiny, so it can like, fit inside of a backpack instead of outside of the backpack. Mm. Yeah. Like, really, sure. really nice and super lightweight, especially if you get the carbon fiber one. Yeah. And then for um, lights, uh, the LEDs, the Luxleys, um, mm-hmm. yeah, their cello and viola mm-hmm. are still so popular. Yeah, so much fun All with the, the colors. controls, yep. yeah. Yep. yeah. So funny side light over here, and I don't really get it, but I think it's like a very interesting move. The Pro Photo, what is it, the 1C, which is the one that's made to go oh, with, yeah. the, with the iPhone. The thing that I love the most about it is that it's adaptable. It's within their air system. So you could actually use it as like a small light, tuck it into small places if you want something like flat and small. So oh, well. I wouldn't use it with an iPhone, but I'd actually probably use it in a real lighting situation. So it's like, <laughs> go figure. That's great. Wonderful. I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just learned that uh, I know uh, from my home studio, I'm using just only LEDs right now for this. Really? Yeah. And I love it. The amount of control I have and everything else, it's really, really good. They've become super popular. Yeah, They're, yeah. It's the learning curve is way shorter. So that the, the thing over here with LEDs and this is a totally different show, but mm-hmm. LEDs, you can see what you're doing as you're doing it. The one thing you can't do is you can't freeze motion unless you're willing to spend a gazillion dollars. Oh and yeah, have, and that's the limitation. Plant. Yeah, that's yeah. The limitation. Um, the other shout out I want to do is DJI is doing some fun stuff this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just go and look at their stuff. If you don't know about it, just check out whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. They're 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 always putting out some interesting stuff. I was actually looking at some of this up. There's a, I know there's some new kits that came out. There's the the, the Mavic Two. Is that what the more recent big? There's a Mavic Pro uh, Two. Pro Two. There's yeah. yeah. I mean, then, then yeah. they have like little small stuff. I mean, they're they're just doing a lot of fun stuff. Okay. I keep seeing them peripherally, and I'm like, you know what? And they're making well, it. The they're making it real easy to use. I mean, the the, the earliest ones, it's like, <laughs> and they they you know it's terrible. Took over. Or they bought out Hasselblad, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah they bought out Hasselblad. So and they have a partnership. Who would have thunk yeah. that a drone company would be? <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's strange. But hey, they're making it happen. Came out. They started with the. They came out with the Ronin SE gimbal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's like the first small one that can really pack up really small for travel. Yep. It's really nice. Yeah, you probably Good. show those all day. Oh yeah. It's really great, though. It's my favorite. <laughs> All right. Shout out to the Ronin SE. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, because we just mentioned it, um, Sony has some sort of a stake in, in Tamron. Mm-hmm. So back when we were oh. talking about the lenses, I wanted to like mention this. So it's always interesting, because if you look at the Tamron lenses that come out, they're always slightly different than the Sony lenses, and the price point is always slightly different. So it's like one of those things, just like, you know, interesting tidbit of information. You know, know keep that. your eye out. Okay. So the takeaway from today's show is that Photography is not dead. It's still happening, huh? Definitely not dead. Okay, yeah. phones are great, but it ain't the whole show yet. So. Oh, wait, I have one more shout yeah. out. Please. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, 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 you know, it's funny. John John reached out to me. I said, you know, I'm really not on my A game right now. <laughs> I feel like a little stupid. But um, the Luminar came out with, um, uh, Skylum came out with Luminar 4, which is a great beginner editing software. Bunch of ton, bunch of fun filters and like instant sky replacement and and some interesting AI things for like adjusting skin tones and stuff like that. It's a really fun um, software to kind of get into when uh, like if you're starting and you want to just do like quick quick click 
fixes and they have like a bunch of built-in filters and you can adapt everything. Um, this is who now? Which this one? is Skylum. It's called Luminar. They, okay. They're also famous for Aurora, which is their HDR, yeah, thing, which is yeah, great. Yeah. But they, they've come a long way with Luminar 4. I still think there's there's a way just to go with it, and you need a, a a bit of a faster computer to do all this like kind of like live editing with and and do all the power. But it's really fun and like really easy to get into. It's not such such a steep learning curve. Well, that's great. To know. I thought you were actually going to mention the iPhone. <laughs> ah, the, the yeah. new yeah. yeah but anyway, I'm sure that's good. I don't have it, but uh, the XR. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Let's do it. All right. Lady Georgina, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, great conversations. Very good. Thank a lot you of so stuff much, to Georgina. digest. Both you guys, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, if you are not a regular subscriber to the show, why not? If you're not, all you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, or Spotify and sign up. It is absolutely free. And you can always find us on the B&H Explorer website as well as the B&H Photography Podcast Facebook group. For now, my name is Alan Weitz, and on behalf of John Harris and Jason Tables, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 200 of the B&H Photography Podcast.